Hi, I'm Connor Byrne, and this is That's What I Call Marketing, the podcast where you'll hear from the leading lights in the marketing world and listen to their unique insights. Today, I'm with Tom Allerton, the founder of Automated Creative, who use AI-driven creative and social insight to optimize ad performance and tell brands why their ads work. Their clients include Diageo, Adidas, GSK, Samsung, and Bose, to name but a few. Tom is the host of the Shiny New Object podcast and Advertisers Watching Ads, which is for the world of advertising and marketing with industry leaders. So Tom joins today to talk about a new white paper he has out called Compounding Creative, an urgent Q4 wake-up call that has been developed in partnership with the World Federation of Advertisers, and it shows how Q4 digital campaigns are leaving significant media value on the table, and the report provides some actions to take. So today's episode is with Tom to go through the report, get those insights for you, and it's a nice short 20-minute episode. So don't forget to subscribe to That's What I Call Marketing, wherever you are listening or watching. And if we can help you with your growth through marketing, visit that'swhaticallmarketing.com and see how we can help. Today's episode of That's What I Call Marketing is brought to you by The Indie List, Ireland's leader for freelance marketing, creative and digital talent. The Indie List provides easy access to hundreds of highly experienced and vetted experts across the marketing services business quickly and cost-effectively. You can check out their full range of services at indielist.ie. Tom, thanks a million for joining me on That's What I Call Marketing. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm very excited to be on this podcast because it's one of the few marketing podcasts I listen to I reckon every episode pretty much. So there's been some really good ones. Um, Peter Field, obviously, uh, he was giving digital a bit of a shoeing. Hopefully we'll get onto that a bit later. And then the design lads the other week talking about the true nature of design behind advertising. So lots of good episodes and really chuffed to be on the show. Oh, well, great to have you. So listen, for anyone who is listening, I have, of course, slightly introduced you, but you're going to do a better job of introducing yourself. Tell people who you are, what you do. So I am Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. And we're an ad tech platform that makes and optimizes ad creative using live data and insight. And our crazy ambition as an ad tech platform is to make our technology part of every digital ad campaign. And we've worked over the last six years with Mars, P&G, Diageo, Reckitt, Halions, what GSK has become, or part of it, Bose, Brown Foreman, McDonald's. And what we're able to do is to make brands' media budgets work so much harder. It's like they've got an extra 17% media budget when they optimize their campaigns. So, so that's what we do. How I got to that, I moved to London when I was 19 to follow a career in music. I, I released an album, a ah. recent album, uh, which fair to say didn't exactly top the charts. So I've been that off when I was about 28 to go work in a kitchen, ch- trained as a pasta chef. Oh, did you? And uh, moved across to an unpaid intern at a design agency, uh, Blackboard Wayne, at the sales job. I worked with a couple of agencies, finally ended up at uh, We Are Social. I fell in love with the way that automation was infused with creativity and uh, me and my business partner, Alex, thought we could get a business going and here we are six years later doing what I've just been talking about. Amazing. You didn't think about staying, being a chef, no? I, do you know what? I loved it, but the money wasn't really equal to the amount of effort you had to put in to get it, you know. It's, but uh, what, a, what a great thing to do. And, and I'd like to say it's directly yeah. applicable to digital marketing, but it's not. Well, if you can work in a kitchen, work you can anywhere. work anywhere. I worked in a kitchen. I nearly burnt a kitchen Did down. Well in a, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, I've got whole other a couple episode. of those stories as well, yeah. I said, 
Listen, one of the things we, we wanted to chat to, I wanted to chat to you today about a report that you have brought out. And the headline is, well, not the headline, but the, there's one headline that caught my eye and it says, happy holidays, not for all. <laughs> I was like, oh God, Tom, what's going on? Tell me. Well, first of all, this was written by Amy Wright, our global head of strategy, and Dan Mosley, who's our North American MD. So I'm trying to preach their gospel here, but so this is their great work. And what we realized in our experience is you've got this, the biggest commercial quarter, Q4, and marketers are facing this maximum pressure, but yet the toolkits were made ages ago. Everyone's exhausted and bored of them. The media teams are fighting for that space to, to win in that most competitive commercial period. So we well, look, we have two interesting quantum qual data points. So we have, as I mentioned before, we've served over 6 billion impressions for some of the biggest brands in the world at Christmas time or holiday season. So we thought, let's look at that data. But also, I'm the host of a podcast called Shiny New Object that I do for Automated Creative mm -hmm. and another show, which is a LinkedIn series called Advertisers Watching Ads. So we've done about 500 episodes of both of those things squished together, and they all have a little community of marketers associated with them. So we thought, well, look, we'll take the data that we have, and we'll take the opinions that we have from this group. So we did a survey and got a really good response to that survey. And so we have a, a bunch of data back off that really sheds light on the pressure and the challenges that brands are feeling coming into the in the Q4 and the holiday season. And we partnered with the World Federation of Advertisers, who also run some similar research in, in parallel. And we've combined both of those insights. So that's why we did it, to try and make Christmas a bit easier for everyone. <laughs> Good. But you touched on something and it's in, in, in the report early on that a third of marketers are not optimizing digital campaigns in flight at all. Why? Why is that? Is that ability, capability? Is it access? What's going on with that particular issue? If I knew exactly why that was, our business would be like 50 times the size, to be honest. But it comes down to a, a few different situations. And the first is apathy, right? So advertising works. Someone comes up with a creative idea. Someone else puts that live. That might be internal. That might be external. It might be a mix. So that's the way. No one's ever going to get get fired for just doing the thing, right? Whereas yeah, what yeah. automation, AI, dynamic has created is a new type of advertising. There's a new way of doing it that drives these massive improvements in value, but it's a new skill. There isn't the muscle memory. There's not a kind of best practice on how to do this as such. Uh, so I think the majority of people don't do it because that's not how it's been done in the past. But then the next challenge you have is that there's a tension between creative agencies or creative teams and their output and media teams and their output. And as Dan Mosley says, that really the issue comes down to scoping. So brands are not scoping their media teams and their creative teams to be reactive, agile, and to optimize in flight based on the insight coming back from the data. It's much more generally the case of let's make a brilliant thing that we all love and we can all sign off on, get legal approval, and then work it out there and then see what happens and then scratch our chins after the fact to work out why it did or it didn't work. Talk to me about that piece a bit more, if you can, about the creative and media agencies and what they, they need to be doing. Because I was at an event a couple of weeks ago and it was a CMO survey. And one of the things came up was we need our agencies to work better. And it's not a new thing. So what is the problem that you're seeing and how can it 
be solved. Just to pull a stat out of the report, 71% described the communication between creative and media agencies as bad or average. Right. But what happens is when the creative agency's done, they've made all of their little cutdowns and what have you, handed over to the media agency, they've put them live and they've optimized the audience. But in reality, there's no feedback loop. There's no data that's coming from the media agency back to the client to tell them why their ads are working or not. That just doesn't happen. We're able to take the creative, produce the variations we need, create hypotheses about the audience and run ads against those hypotheses, get the data back and report back to the client and say, look, this particular written or visual trigger is driving the outcome, awareness, consideration, or conversion that you want. Let's make more of that stuff. But a very important part of making creative and media teams work effectively together. What are the questions they should be asking and where should they be aiming them? So the, if I was a brand, the brief would be, come up with an idea, a new media agency, you need to report back to me on which elements of that creative idea are working and why, so that we can do more of that in flight and in the next campaign. Yeah. It's, and it sounds pretty simple and straightforward, to, it, but it's not happening, which is slightly terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I guess anyone working in marketing, and it doesn't matter if you're a big organization or a small organization, and this comes through in your report as well, is like pressure marketers are. Like there's a huge amount of pressure. And so here's another thing I need to worry about. Here's another thing I need to figure out, right? So if you were talking to somebody today, what, what would you say? Here's three things you should do today to make Christmas better. I'd say if you're overwhelmed, then stop doing all the things that aren't going to deliver value to the business. And I think that in marketing, we're absolutely terrible at creating shiny new objects. Make that media budget work 17% harder, right? That's a chunk of media spend, yeah. right? So if that's not a priority for you, then what is? So I would say that this isn't yet another thing that you have to add on top. The job is to deliver a, the best possible outcome for that media spend. That's the job of the marketer, certainly from a media perspective. So focus your energies on that. This is how to get at least 17% extra value from your media budget. And what if everyone else is doing it? Are you just going to carry on not doing it? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that, that's fair. Again, when in environments where your budget might not even get cut, you just put, you're dealing with inflation. And so actually it could be just a zero sum game to get this right. You know, your model is about having enough to give you results, but how do you make sure that you're not flooding the market with different types of creative and, and making sure that then you are fixating the, the two or three that are actually working? Yeah, that's it. Excellent question. But we're not looking for scale. We're not looking for pure automation. We're looking for optimal. So one of the big skills that we have is to look at what the media plan is. What is the objective? What is the purpose of that media? And then understand how many variants are the perfect amount for that outcome. But then all the data comes back from the platform to feed into a dashboard. So a marketer can see what's going on for any audience on any platform and in any market for any outcome all in one place. That's another thing that the research, I think only one third of marketers have some form of live dashboard data, which blows my mind, right? So we know specifically what should be in each of those variants because we've got a dashboard. So instead of spreading yourself thin, for example, and just getting one ad and whacking it out on all of these platforms and not really learning anything, at least if there's a small spend on a small platform, we can get you a new level of insight that you wouldn't have been able to get before. And that's great. 
I know it's a media question, but you're in this business. Let's say you're a smaller brand. You don't have the, the budgets of some of those big brands. Would you have any recommendations or thoughts as they what they should or shouldn't? Should they be more focused on a couple of platforms? If you've got a if you've got a small budget and you're you're a small brand, yeah, I'd absolutely. I focus on where's your lowest hanging fruit, who's most likely to convert, and then focus all your energy on that. Even with a small budget, you can still test. You can still create hypotheses about your audience, right? There's I'm probably shoot myself in the foot here, but there's a there's an advert for Western Union I've seen on the tube, right? And it says, I think it's like Western Union is transfers as cheap as chips, and there's a bag of chips. He said something like cheap as chips, and I just keep on seeing this everywhere I go. It's like, where did that come from? The chips analogy. Who's that speaking to? People that eat chips. It's like 2023. Like there's a health. Anyway, so what? My, so what, the way we work with Nivea, for example, what they did is they ran a ton of meta ads with us, testing different value propositions, yep. testing different visuals, different models, different flavors, different claims, different testimonials. And then what they did is they took all of that insight from all of the millions of data points and then used that to inform the digital out of home. And the share gains went yeah. absolutely through the roof. Yeah. Well, and look, I think that's a really great point that we sometimes forget, particularly where maybe digital marketing within an organization doesn't sit alongside maybe the brand marketing. And, and so we know these things happen, like silos exist and all that kind of stuff. But actually the value of finding something that's going to work and then really going big with that is, is great. And probably you've forgotten our... We had our pension B client and we ran a series of sprints testing different hypotheses from a visual and, and written perspective. And he stood on stage and said, one of the core visual languages that worked really well for conversion was having an app uh, on your phone and someone right. looking at it, right? So then the subsequent TV campaign had that all the way through. And then they recorded the TV ads and then they said, actually, no, we need to redo the VO. So to your point, when you're going to make a big, big bet at Christmas on TV, out at home, like expensive media, you can, yeah, you can give it to a focus group with 50 people in it that you're paying to agree with you. Or you can run, or you can run millions, of, millions and millions of impressions, and see what actually drives the outcome that you actually want. Do you have any kind of structure to that, that you can, like, if, again, someone listening today going, I don't even know how to create a hypothesis. I don't even know how to create a tester. Perhaps someone start with that. Yes, Connor, there is structure to the business. You'll be relieved to know. But <laughs> <laughs> essentially, what you need to do is isolate a variable, right? So if you've got a number of ads out there with different images and pictures and formats and all the rest of it and call to actions and buttons and logos, you, and one of the ads performs, you'll, you won't know why because it's chaos, right? So what you need to do is to limit it. So for example, we work with Mars Pet Care globally and what we will do with those guys is we will test messaging first. So you keep the image the same or the video the same and you change the messaging. You run it to all your different audiences and you pull in the data back from the platform. You'll have a dashboard that says uh, that this was the thing that definitely made the difference most often in the best performing ads. And then you flip it, right? So if you test the messaging first, then you keep the messaging the same and change the visuals. And then what you can, then what you can do is start to see between the messaging and the visuals, what is working. So for an alcohol brand, for example, you know, we work with a few of the alcohol brands, you know, Diageo, Brown Foreman, and so on. And we might see that Serve performs particularly well for one audience, but provenance works really well for another audience. So then what you can do is create more hypotheses or, and more ads around provenance for one audience and serves for another. 
So you're looking at the data, um, which is a part automated, part human thing, and go, what is the data telling me about this audience? So the, what, so the yeah. way you start it, sorry, d- turn, doing this a bit back to front, is you go, what do I want to know about my audience that I've never been able to find out before? Yeah. So that will vary wildly from sector to sector. For alcohol, it's always flavor, serve, provenance, ingredients, occasion, for example. So you could easily come up with a hypothesis based on those things. Whereas if it's pensions, is it family, is it security, peace of mind, ease, so on and so forth. I did want to ask you about, and maybe this is more on the creative side of things, but obviously there's a lot of discussion around attention and attention metrics. Yes. And we've digital ad, I can't remember the latest, Karen Nelson Field works like 2.4 seconds of attention. How is that showing up for you in your work? Or- this is why I would have completely ruined the Peter Field episode if I'd been in any way involved in it, because I felt that obviously well-regarded figure, but there's this idea that you know, the long and the short of it, like you don't ditch your brand for performance. You've got to strike that right balance. Suppose you're saying 60, 40 or 70, 30, or is it kind of like in that area? But the whole pit around the brand piece is it's only relevant if people are actually watching it. And I felt that is that was often forgotten in that type of discussion. So yes, brand's important, long form content that's emotionally resonant, absolutely vital in getting your brand across, but only if people are actually watching that content. If they're scrolling past it or going up to make a cup of tea, I'm teaching you to suck eggs here, obviously. So attention is one of the things that we optimize for right so a big part of what we do is optimizing for attention and attention in our world is view through rate view completion rate if a brand's made some video content and no one's getting to the end of it the huge proportion of consumers may never get the payoff may they never get the the call to action or the point so what we love to work out is what is the start of that video what's the next two or three seconds what are the seconds after that how do you optimize in a skippable format to get the right video for a non-skippable format. Okay. I guess Karen Elsevier will talk more about visibility going beyond viewability as a way to consider exposure time and visual impact. But you're just looking at, you're looking at viewability. That's what you think is the most important thing. That's the one thing that we can control and optimize for, right? So a lot of brands are, are feeling the pressure of, of reduced media budgets, you know, going into this big commercial period of Q4, we keep talking about. So if you want to get more attention for that media budget, then you need the right creative to keep people's eyeballs on that content. So what you need is a feedback loop, which tells you which creative is actually driving attention. And once you get, once you know what drives attention, keeps people engaged with the brand, then you'll get the best ROI off the back of it. But the viewability piece was, you know, that's not something that we can control. All we can control from our end as uh, an ad tech platform is helping brands understand what stops people skipping past the message that's so important from there to land. Yeah, yeah, I guess you, you, yeah, you have to work with what's in within your control. Because I think, like again, was it something like I don't know, seventy five percent of ads get no human attention and you know that yes but that's because there's they're not being seen by humans in the first place it's not that humans aren't paying attention to them they may not just be seen by humans (laughs) that's like and the in the report a lovely forward from the world federation of advertisers and they say we find there's a weakness in the ability of marketers to measure the impact of marketing in a timely manner but where brands excel is activating campaigns so they're brilliant at getting them out there but there's, there isn't the skill, there isn't the knowledge, there isn't the technology 
at hand at the minute to help them understand what's making that work at the time that it's live. The, uh, that scale piece is, I find that, that interesting. What can people do to upscale? Going back to the previous point, like what asking the right questions? Yeah, I, as I've touched on before, I just have a, a slide on it that just says why question mark. And I get that over to your agencies and I say, I want to know why these ads are working or not in flight. Help me understand that. Put a system, put a partner in place. And, and the crucial thing is why. Give me data on why my ads are working or not so we can make quicker, better strategic decision. I like that. Like why? You like just be the annoying four-year-old. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's it. But I think, like, it is an interesting point because I think people sometimes worry about asking why in case they look stupid, that they don't know the answer. That's true. But I think the brands are spending, like, a ginormous amount on research, at all. God knows on how much on creative development. And it's like eye-watering amount of media that, to your point, may or may not actually be seen by a human being, right? <laughs> and what I'm saying is spend a little bit of time, a little bit of budget with using a partner, internal, external, automated, creative, on understanding why your ads work or not. It, and we're yeah. talking we're talking froth on the top of a pint here. We're not talking about buying another round. You obviously haven't bought a pint in Dublin <laughs> recently, Thomas. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> Even the froth is... Right. Two, oh, two euro. Right. <laughs> oh, I do a listen here who works in alcohol. I'm, I apologise. <laughs> Tom, listen, thanks so much for sharing. If people want to find the the report, lots of really interesting, and it's pulling together other pieces of information as you said before, right? So it's like there's a lot in it. Where can they get access to it? You can go to automatedcreative.net and I've stuck a massive picture in the middle of the homepage. You can click on that if you want. Or you can go to bit.ly forward slash capital Q for number four, capital XMAS 2023. So that's bit.ly forward slash Q for Xmas 2023. Tom, thanks a million. Thank you. Good to Thank see you. you. That, uh, yeah, a career achievement ticked off being on this podcast. I, I appreciate it, Connor. Thank you so much. Man. <laughs> Cheers. Goodbye. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to That's What I Call Marketing. If you did enjoy it, please share. Subscribe so you can get notification of when our next episode lands. Do get in touch. You can find all previous episodes on that's what I call marketing.com. Find out how to get in touch with us. We're also on Instagram. That's what I call marketing on Twitter. That's underscore marketing. I will eventually get around to calling it X. And now you can watch our episodes back on YouTube. Yes, you guessed it. That's what I call marketing. For me, your host, Connor Byrne. Thanks so much for listening or watching this episode. Take care. Thanks again to the Indie List for their support of this show. If you need experienced, excellent marketing talent, go to theindielist.ie. Don't go anywhere else. Theindielist.ie.